Joining us on the How Did You podcast today is Mike Kent, the co-founder of Dexerto, and I'm sure with any links to esports, you've seen him in your Twitter feeds. How are you doing, Mike? I'm good, thanks. Yeah, not bad. I don't think I'm in that many Twitter feeds. I think you just maybe follow the same subjects. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, let's open up with that. As I mentioned to you briefly before this recording started, I created a new Twitter account to literally see how long it took me to get Dexerto in my twitter impressions or anything like that how do you yeah. feel that dexerto is so interactable and out there that it doesn't take that long it literally took me two hours yeah um yeah it's kind of surreal i guess because it's like you know this this whole thing i mean deserto itself started originally and um you know we started it full time properly in 2015 and we had like some, we had an account that had, I think, like 30,000 followers um, from a previous iteration of Deserto, which is actually called Deserto with a C. But it was kind of like at the time, it was a community forum for COD. Um, and we just basically took the basis of that and created a whole new company, created a whole new brand and changed really the way that we wanted to be. So, you know, in the past, it was kind of like focused um, mainly around esports uh sorry around cod esports um like community it was basically just a big forum but um so i've been kind of doing this since like 2008 um like part-time uh, or most of the time to be honest as a volunteer um and then over the last um yeah and then in 2015 i was working in a job in recruitment and a couple of the guys that i'd um known from um you know, back in the original Deserto days, who were still my friends, um, they basically got a small amount of um, investment from an angel investor. I think it was only about £60,000 or something. Um, and we basically just had the idea, which in hindsight was obviously worked out. But I mean, most people would think it's crazy to start a media company based all around esports. And at the time, you know, we wanted to be the quote unquote ESPN of esports, um, which didn't exist at the time. And um but quickly over the kind of the years, we realized that wasn't really the, the right like angle. And instead we kind of paved our own path. Um, but yeah, to answer your question, it's, it's kind of like really, it's, I guess it's surreal, I guess, to be, you know, in a, in a company that has now like 130 people, um, you know, gets, has all the, you know, 13 million social followers has, you know, gets 30 odd million uniques at least a month um, across our sites. And, you know, in fact, even just on DeSoto at the moment. And it's, yeah, it's really surreal. I mean, yesterday I was sat in a meeting with one of my other co-founders and there was like 10 people in there and they were all sat there talking about campaigns and they were like tracking all this stuff. And I just messaged them on the side and I was like, how surreal is this that like all these people work for us? Like it still doesn't really feel that normal, if that makes sense. It's kind of like, I don't know, it's just, it's, it's really hard to like, it's really hard to, explain how we've kind of got to this point i can completely understand that and your linkedin mentions that before covid 2019 time you had a three million pound turnover that also must be another surreal thing because since then dexerto with the covid pandemic has only grown grown and grown because a lot of more people are getting into esports because say the cdl has expanded into franchises or a lot of people are just seriously spending more time at home do yeah. you think that with the pandemic it's kind of helped rather than hindered um well i think that we were just in the in the 
we were in the right place at the right time, but I think we would have been bigger regardless. Um, and actually, it really kind of slowed us down in a lot of areas um, because we weren't able to go on site at events. We weren't able to do more original programming. You know, we before the pandemic, we were going out and kind of visiting people and, um, you know, doing like profiles on people like we did one on uh, Diego Ugamar, I can't even, actually, that's an absolute butchering of his name, so apologies. Um, you know, we did one on uh, Mango from C9. Um, a, a lot of it was esports focused, which was fine. And we still have a lot of esports focused content. But yeah, it kind of was, it was really surreal when it came to the pandemic because, you know, our company has essentially been set up anyway. It was predominantly online. Um, and actually, you know, we had an office in London, but um, the office itself was mainly filled with video production people and had some social people in there and had some kind of management and sales. And, you know, I live up in Edinburgh, so I'd go down there every two weeks and go down and, you know, we had all these plans. And when the pandemic hit, you know, the the biggest worry for us was advertising spend because that's again, got massively hit. Um, It recovered quite quickly, but um, we didn't know what was going to happen. You know, when, when the pandemic happened, you know, you thought the whole world was going to end with, so I think in the long run, it's kind of worked for us because, you know, it's made us realize that online, you know, having people work remotely is still, you know, is, is key. And, you know, when we, when, when the pandemic hit as well, most of our staff were already working from home. So it didn't impact us like a lot of companies where they had people going into offices, you know, even the video production team, they went back and started working from home and, you know, post, well, not even post, pandemic, we're still in the pandemic, but, you know, even now we're kind of saying to them, do you want an office? Do you want to go back? And they're like, uh, actually we're, we're okay. And you know, that we will, we, you know, we will have, a, we're going to get reopen an office soon. Um, but it's actually, but it's actually not really needed in the way that we thought it was before. So that kind of helped us cut overheads, uh, which as a startup is always important and really kind of made us refocus on what we needed to do. Um, and yeah, look, being a, everyone being at home, that's definitely going to have had an impact on, on stats and, you know, people consuming the content and people getting like, you know, Warzone, for example, would it have been as big if there wasn't a pandemic? I don't think so. So, and that's, and that was a huge driver for us um, for a long time because it really, you know, that game blew up and the, I've got, for example, I have like a, a group of friends from, you know, like not, I don't really have any friends in the real world, as they say, that are also involved or were also involved in the esports and gaming space. But then when the pandemic hit, you know, I, I'd, instead of playing, instead of like meeting up with my friends, I'd be going and just playing Call of Duty and Warzone with them. And then they'd get into it. And now they're following the accounts and they're like sharing news with me about stuff that we've posted that I didn't even know yet. And, you know, it's like that it's really helped kind of, I suppose, normalize gaming in many ways. So it has definitely helped, but I think. Deserto was just in the perfect position where we weren't relying on physical location and we weren't relying on f- people being in physical places to in order to make that. But it did impact us in a lot of ways as well. You know, it's only really now that we've been able to start going out and shooting content. I mean, when I went out and visited Hex in um, in, in August to, to shoot some content for Turtle Wax, uh, where we did basically a week-long documentary with Hector and followed him around for a week. W- when we did that, it actually... You know, I had to go to Mexico for two weeks. I mean, it sounds hard, but I had, to, I had to go to Mexico for two weeks in order to be able to get into the US. Like, that's just crazy. You know, before I was traveling to the US once a month, 
and you know you didn't have to worry about anything you'd have tests you'd have to worry about getting covid you didn't have to worry about you know not being able to get home because you're testing positive like it was just in and out and it was fine and there was more flights and it was cheaper and you know so it's it, it massively impacted us and that way we had to really think how do we make revenue obviously we want to increase the amount of people on the site but that isn't you know that isn't the whole business that's that's part of our business but a lot of it is working with commercial clients in order to 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 basically bring unique opportunities to them and when you're just focusing purely online it's really hard to just do that you know you've got a lot more options if you're working with a client if you have um yeah you've got more options to work with a client if you have um you know, ability to shoot on site, you have ability to do in-person activations and, you know, we're, we're only really seeing that come back properly now, but yeah, it's, I think it was both good and bad. Um, it, it was obviously a really stressful time for everyone. So I, I felt very lucky that I didn't have to, um, you know, felt very lucky that I was still in the job. Felt very fortunate that we didn't have to like cut any staff because of it. We didn't have to, you know, there wasn't it basically, I was really fortunate because I see I saw a lot of people impacted, and um, you know especially people who work in physical industries. You mentioned how you can now go and play with friends that you've got, whether it be Warzone or anything like that. But Dexerto also copies around um, CS:GO news, Valorant news, COD news, yeah. loads of different kind of esports. But on a personal level, what esports do you like to watch, view, read about, or anything like that? Yeah, so um, to be honest, like a lot of a lot of what we do with Deserto is 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 there is esports, but a lot of it is also like gaming. So we have a bunch of gaming content um, where we do reviews, we do guides, we do tips, we do tricks, we do what the biggest influencers are saying. And another big part of it is the you know the entertainment side of things. So it's kind of influencers and and what they're saying and really encompassing all of gaming culture. But to answer your question. I'd say that probably the 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 what the the one e, the esports that I take the most notice in are Call of Duty because that is my background. You know, I started playing Call of Duty back in two thousand and eight um, or earlier, whenever it was released, whenever COD Four was released. In fact, I played COD Two as well. That's a lie. So whenever COD Two was released, two thousand three, two thousand four, something like that, um, and then. And then I've always been involved in that scene. So I've always kind of kept up to date with it. Don't necessarily watch it religiously, but, you know, when there's big matches on, big tournaments, I'll, I'll always try and watch. You know, we've just released a new podcast called Reverse. Well, it's the second season of our Reverse Suite podcast. But this time around, you know, previously we had Katie and Pac-Man, who, you know, great on the show. But we instead this time we've just, we've kept enable and we brought in Sensor, Aix and Parasite, three people who were like super outspoken, like all four people who are super outspoken understand the game you know and I, and I listen to that whole show you know when I'm like driving around like going to see my kids or um going to the gym or whatever or driving anywhere I, I listen to the whole thing and you know that's that that's kind of for me that's what I really like the the personalities involved with it. that that's always been the passion for me is the personalities behind it and trying to I guess trying to tell their stories um so the COD, COD, COD esports is definitely one that I watch and then CSGO just because I find it I've, you know, again, I've watched it for such a long time. I've played, you know, CS 1.6 back in the day, played CS Source. 
Um, and then I've, and I've played a little bit of CSGO, not, not too much. But yeah, CSGO is another one I watch quite... I, I quite like the realistic shooter vibe. So for me, something like League of Legends isn't that appealing. Overwatch isn't that appealing. Even Valorant, I've kind of struggled with it because I don't really... I'm not playing it, so I don't really understand what the all the abilities quite do. And, you know, it's it's like it just seems a little bit more random than, say, um, something like CSGO or COD. Well, depending on the COD that is. It's clear that Dexerto is this ever-evolving brand and ever-growing brand to the point where, like you say, the podcast Reverse Suite, which is glorified in itself to be a successful podcast, sorry, has now attracted former world champions, everybody like that. But on a real level, how does it feel that you can attract that and have such a glorified following of Call of Duty fans? Yeah, I think it's like, it's it's quite, you know, I guess for me it's kind of normal because I've, I've developed those relationships over time. Like, you know, I spoke, to, first time I ever spoke to Aix was back in Manchester in 2012. You know, the people, like over the years, I've kind of built those relationships. So it does kind of come a little bit normal. And, you know, a lot of people kind of look at these people and, and, and get almost like, you know, whenever they speak to them, they're not like themselves. They're like, just ask them all the questions that everyone always asks. For me, it's always been kind of like, I always treat, anyone whether it's you know yourself or you know someone who's up and coming and like you know has I'm sure a great future in this industry to someone like Hector or another kind of or nature or a John Robertson or whoever the other end of the pole where it's kind of like they're their absolute successful end I speak to those I speak to everyone exactly the same so I try you know I think that's and that's the best way I've, I've learned anyway to develop relationships with people is is not to treat them differently like you know for example before the show you tried to call me sir and I was like why would like that <laughs> why would you call me sir like I'm just another person and, and, and as soon as someone says like sir to me that that's kind of telling me that they're like they don't think they're on my level and I think that I take that philosophy in when I speak to people who in theory have more of a um Ped, like on more popular or whatever we don't know what's going to happen next with this pandemic but yeah there'll always be a future for Dexerto because like you say it's online and it, yes it took a hit but Dexerto with the people behind it will always grow and adapt so yeah. what is next for Dexerto yeah well like you say it's it's really we, we don't know because we we are just incredibly good at adapting and adapting quickly getting ahead of trends um, one thing that we kind of jumped on recently, for example, is we started covering um, influencers a lot more, both in, like in, especially in video format, which is kind of something that I've been driving. So, for example, you've got, um, you know, we launched Influenced, which is um, a sh- essentially short form channel on YouTube. Um, and in the space of the last six, seven months, we've just passed 500 million views. Um, we on the back of that success, we got a exclusive partnership with Snapchat, where us, you know, where we do now longer versions of that. We're also, you know, growing quite big on TikTok, um, and we're also kind of just expanding out and seeing what again what we can do in, in all those different areas. And we know that, for example, the new generation of people, the Gen Z as they call them, they they want short form, quick content. So you know, stuff like this podcast, for example. You know, it's it's almost it is it's there's always going to be a demand for longer form content, 
and we want to provide that as well. For example, with Reverse Sweep, the latest episode was an hour and 45. But we also want to be able to provide shortcut down snippets of that as well. And really, the influencer space is, is so interesting and really untapped. So a lot of what we're going to be doing is moving into the um, like original programming. So, you know, at the moment, we just launched to certain originals. You know, the, the initial lineup that we have is like we've launched Cypher PK, we've launched Hastro, we've got Hitch from Optic Next. Uh, we've got a complexity office tour with Jason Lake. We'll talk about like what's happened there. Um, you know, bringing on people like Tim the Tapman, all that jazz. Yeah. And we also did a shoot with um, Kay from formerly of Fizz, who was obviously kicked out because um, he, he was accused of uh, scamming people with a crypto coin. Um, and, you know, so it's like, and, and we've got a whole bunch of people lined up to do that as well and really that's where we that's where i see my kind of area to expand is is into these new worlds you know like how do we work in the how do we work in streaming how do we work it you know how do we bring streaming to, out of DeSoto? how do we um you know how do we make influencers part of DeSoto? like that's that's all the future for us on that end but then on the other side you've got a lot of and, and that's because i focus a lot on the creative side of things whereas if you look at something like you know, a lot of people in the team, for example, they're working with, um, you know, like ads and working on the website tech. And, you know, there's just so much underneath the circle that I guess people don't really see They, you know, there's always that thing where people, it's less so now because, you know, I think we've kind of earned our stripes, but, you know, back in the day, there might've been a few salacious headlines, you know, that, <laughs> but at the time that was just what was required and we didn't know any better, but over the years we've grown to understand that, you know, what needs to be a certain standard, what needs to, what a title needs to be, what a thumbnail needs to be. And that's kind of like how we've always progressed. But yeah, we don't know what's next. Could be the NFT crypto space. Um, you know, we could even get into more traditional forms of media, who knows, sports, anything like fighting. Like it just, we, we don't know really. And it's, I guess that's what's the exciting thing is that, and that's really what I enjoy about my job is that, I'm able to kind of push into these new areas and see what we can do and really grow the brand there. And what a lot of what I've done at DeSoto is I'll go into a new area and I'll, you know, almost set the foundation for that. And then we bring in more people who then hopefully know more, a lot more than I do. And then they're able to take that off. So, you know, for example, with, um, you know, influenced or to certain originals, I don't want to be the person that's on the camera eventually, you know, I'm sure I'll do them every now and then, but and, you know, I, I don't want to be the one that's coming up with ideas for what's happening. I want, you know, and that's what's happened with like the editorial side of things. I kind of got to a certain point where I was writing like up to sometimes 14 articles a day and then, you know, grew the team out. But it got to a point where my skills are no longer working there. So we then we brought people in who knew what to do, to how to expand it out. And uh, I guess that's that's what my specifically that's what my role will be but yeah it's just everything it's just going to be bigger and hopefully better i definitely think it will be because like you say there's this ever-evolving product which never really stops and you're able to obviously pull the trigger on whatever you want to because of how long you spent in the industry and how much of an understanding you've got of certain subjects but yeah. that that understanding must have came from somewhere or someone at least. Who do you personally like look up to? Because there must be a lot of people within esports or just within your day to day life. Like Hex used to be involved or may still be involved with uh, Dexerto, and he pulled the trigger and took a chance on you. Who else have you looked up to for 
to get like say Dexerto off its feet or just as a personal who do you look up to I actually don't look up to anyone um and that's not because I think that I'm better than everyone else but um I think that like I think you can look at different people's stories and see what they've done and you know there's obviously a lot of people in the business world that have kind of like gone from you know small scale to, to up but I honestly have I don't really I don't really think of it like that I don't I've never looked up to anyone specifically I've never had like an idol in a certain area or and I think that's just me as a person I appreciate that other people are going to do that and if that's again really not me thinking that I'm better than everyone else but I think it goes back to a lot of what I said before where I feel like I'm on the same level um I think like a lot of my motivation comes from um is well a lot I, I I do get a lot of motivation from my co-founders like and, and seeing how hard they work and seeing how you know see on all the different ideas that they put in and you know I'm often I often feel I get that imposter syndrome where I feel like I'm not I'm not on the same level as those guys and you know they they try to reassure me that I am but it's still that kind of like that self-doubt that I think everyone has and you know it's really it's really difficult sometimes to get motivation to do things because you know as as we were talking before, like personal things come up, things change, you know, like I'm getting older. How does that affect my men- mentality? Like, you know, so I'm not really, yeah, I'm not, um, I don't look up to anyone particularly, but I do find sources of inspiration from different areas. Um, you know, you look at anyone, I, I, whether it's someone who's started a business and even if it's just a one-man band and they've now kind of grown it to a stage where they're like, you know, comfortably living off that, that's motivation for me as much as looking at a billionaire who's like Jeff Bezos, who's gone from, you know, started this company and then is now a billionaire or the richest man, one of the richest men in the world. So for me, it's, yeah, I, I take inspiration off a lot of different, in a lot of different areas, but there's no one particularly that I look up to. And to answer your question about Hex, you know, he's, I consider him as a friend. I couldn't consider him as an idol or, and I don't, I equally, I appreciate it. He didn't mean to say it, but he didn't really give me the opportunity. You know what I mean? It's just, we, we just joined together and, um, you know, he, he definitely helped in a lot of ways and his support's been great. And having someone like that support you is, is always going to be appreciated. Um, but yeah, he, you know, and, and he is no longer, um, you know, he, basically when, when we first started to serve, he had a, an account uh, called Optic Intel and we basically traded the account for some shares in the company. But I think it was like last, I think it was in 2019 or 2020. I can't remember when um, we basically bought those shares back from him um, because, you know, people always like thought that he owned us and when actually he was just a minority shareholder and he didn't actually have, you know, any input other than just if we asked him for advice on something and it, it was never, you know, people kind of conf- confuse that with us being like, oh, we then must write about good things about optical all the time, which, you know, if you look at our articles, just isn't true. I can completely understand that. I think where that alluded from is the fact that you just scroll down to the bottom, it'd be a disclaimer and things like that. Yeah, that was a lot. That was a lot. Yeah. And, that, and, you know, if, but that's just journalistic integrity, isn't it? If you, if you're writing about someone who also works for you, you kind of need to just to, to declare that. And, you know, probably sometimes we've, it was missed but again it wasn't intentionally missed it was just you know it was just a process that has since been improved 
but yeah, we don't have to worry about that anymore because he's, you know, we bought him out. We see Dexerto left, right, and center as consumers of your content, but there must be a kind of pressure that there is from other media outlets from within, say, esports. But no matter what, Dexerto will always be there for people to look up to and for people to take inspiration from. How does it feel that? your content it's alone is kind of being the content that people are looking up to or trying not in a way trying to copy but trying yeah. to replicate in a professional manner i mean sometimes they do just straight copy and that's fine you know that's the that's the game and i guess there's nothing you can do about that and look credit to anyone that wants to try and start uh, a media company because it's incredibly difficult and i look back and i i get almost get anxious and think about where we were and like that, you know, I don't look back with like rose tinted glasses and be like, oh, that was, it was such an amazing time when we do this. No, it was, it was absolutely torture. And, you know, it, it can still be torture. That's just the reality of running a business. And um, I definitely feel for some of my co-founders, like I said about, you know, that I don't necessarily feel that I'm on their level from a business perspective. Creatively, that's a bit different. But yeah, when it comes to like, you know, like people looking up to us and people like copying our ideas and whatever, <laughs> I think that's fine. I mean, look, we, we've we've taken inspiration from loads of companies on our way up. You know, we saw the mainstream media outlets doing certain things. So we wanted to do that, you know, obviously try and put your own spin on it all the time. Um, but there's sometimes where, you know, it's if someone's doing something good, then why wouldn't you then try and do your own version of that? It's just, that's just how the world works. That's why when a, you know, a pizza, sh- that's why you always get like certain types of shops all in the same vicinity of each other because they're all competing against each other. They're all selling and doing the same thing. You know, Papa John's, Domino's and um, Pizza Hut, they're all doing the same thing. And they're all in the a very similar, like you know, where I live, it's literally like you can see what you can see each of them from the same location, you know, so, and, but they, and they, and they're constantly fighting to try and be unique in that area. Um, but yeah, you know, I don't think there's anyone at the moment that's like a real, I suppose, the def- there's definitely companies that obviously, that, and always will be companies that are bigger than us in this space when it comes to media, um, you know, we're still, we're still brand new essentially compared to like, you know, an iGen or a GameSpot, but also we're also attracting an audience that they're not. And then equally, you know, when you have endemic, um, when you have like esports endemic competitors, you know, that they're, they're also kind of just, they're not doing everything that we're doing from like the entertainment and influencer point of view and the gaming and esports. Like, you know, so yeah, it's kind of like, it's interesting that, that people would think to look up to it because I, I would never think that. But, um, but yeah, it's good that I guess, good that, good that's the case. But I, I'm equally of the opinion that like, you know, the, the old phrase, um, was it high tides raise all ships? So it's like, you know, the, the bigger that everyone can get, the better, I guess. Um, obviously, you're always going to have, like, internal competition to want to beat the other people or the other companies. Um, but equally, I'm like, you know, when it's someone like, for example, Zuma, who's like, a, you know, is, is, does his own podcast, basically. You know, that, the, the flank, that, that's actually, I love seeing him succeed. Like, I love seeing all these other companies succeed. And you know, one thing I've really tried to instill in myself and also try to kind of make sure that, that it's a philosophy they have is not, not everyone's not the enemy, you know, like you can, you can trade back and forth ideas and advice and, you know, that with other companies that might be sharing a similar space to you, 
because if you just make yourself a small island, then, you know, you just waste so much time with hostility. And actually, you can be getting advice. You know, we get advice from, I get advice from people on a daily basis about things that we need to do in DeSoto from other companies. Um, and I think, you know, that the sharing is caring thing, as long as it's not like, you know, I guess with something like Pizza Hut, Domino's, whatever, they actually might be actively taking each other's profits. But I just, because the internet, because it's the internet, I just think it's like, I just don't see it like that, basically. Like you say, if you bring a group of people together, that helps because then that could lead to further impressions or anything like that. But you've also got the impressions that one whole kind of esports community as a whole would also benefit because it's just an ever-growing process which will eventually work out for everybody in the in the past in the future sorry but if you had to give somebody a bit of advice for the future whether it be life advice professional advice or just any kind of advice at all what would you give them why from a personal point of view i find it I think like whenever I've kind of hired people, for example, I always look for the person rather than their experience. So a lot of people that, you know, and that's not always, you have to, there has to be some cases where it absolutely needs to be the case. But, um, you know, like you bring a product manager, it needs to have experience of being a product manager. But it's equally mostly about the personality. So I think that, you know, what people can do is just be, just, well, you've got to be yourself because otherwise it's just tiring trying to be something else. But just, just, I actually don't know. I actually don't know what advice I'd give anyone. <laughs> um, I mean, look, the whole work hard thing I think is is fine. But one big bit of advice I'd give to someone um, is don't treat like a job, unless it's like a dead-end job, but if it's you've got an opportunity in a, in a company, don't like don't be worrying about what time you start and finish and stuff like that don't feel like it's like you're giving your time so you're getting something back like that is obviously the case and that's why anyone does a job that's why I do a job but equally you can't be like sit counting the hours and you know worrying about the fact that you've worked half an hour more one day you know and and almost resenting the fact for that If if that's the case you're probably in the wrong job or you're not progressing enough um, but actually my I've remembered my my famous advice is shy it's a it's a phrase shy bands getting out so if you don't ask you don't get so if you're if you're working for someone you know and I have this conversation all the time with my staff it's like if you don't tell me that you need help or if you don't tell me you need something then I can't I'm not just gonna know you know I'm not gonna suddenly guess that or sometimes it happens but I'm probably not gonna guess that you need that and it's you know, like if you need help doing something then you need to ask someone instead of doing, instead of doing the job badly and then it getting fixed and then someone doing it for you anyway, why not just ask in the first place? Why not, if you want to progress through a company, why aren't you asking about where your progression is in the company? Why are you, why are you waiting for someone to, 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 to pluck you out? You know, you've got to make your intentions known. If you want something, you've got to ask for it. And I'm, I'll, I have that philosophy in all of my life. If I want something, I'll ask for it or I'll try to get it. You know, I don't wait around you know, like, I don't wait until someone tries to give me an opportunity to do something. I'm, you know, like, I'm on a weekly basis, I'm going out to all these different creators and organizations, and I'm constantly trying to set up calls and talk to them. No one does that with me. 
you know, no one's coming to me and being like, oh, I really want to speak to you, Mike. You know, so you have to go out and get that. Otherwise, I would never be where I was if I just never asked. You know, when I started doing interviews for um, when we were do- at events, there never used to be a press area. There never used to be anything. I used to just have to go up to the, the players and say, can we do an interview and explain why it was benefit to them? But and that's that's all back to that philosophy. If you don't ask, you don't get. People don't ask me what for stuff that they want. I'm, I'm, you're just risking me guessing that you want that.